Sie hören Sport und Musik. In a world where fans fight over whether to call it football, football, or soccer, two German men defy the odds and call it Fußball. Bringing you inside the German-American Fußball experience. And now, here are your hosts, the Schnitzel Boys. Welcome, willkommen to the Schnitzel Boys. Uh, we had a real Dos Acero week. How you doing, Bjorn? I'm doing great. My hat does not fit under my headphones, so uh, I don't know how long this will last. But yeah, I'm I'm great. I'm happy for you and the U.S. men's national team. It was a very convincing performance, and uh, I don't know. It seems like. U.S. Men's National Team Twitter doesn't know what to do with themselves. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, we know exactly uh, what to do with ourselves. Make fun of Memo Ochoa is what we know what to do with ourselves. Yeah. I don't know if you know the story, I but mean, Memo Ochoa... Well, tell the story well, you, and I'll have opinions. <laughs> well, Memo Ochoa said something a little cocky. Pretty much he's just like the United States sees something about they look in the mirror and they try to match themselves to us, the greatness, the tradition of us. And then Christian Pulisic scored a goal, lifted up his shirt, and said, man in the mirror. As in a very, oh, yeah? Well, you look in the mirror and you see me scoring on your ass. Uh, <laughs> as as that ribbing continues and now adds itself another chapter in the great U.S.-Mexico dos acero lure. I guess so that, that is... That's what that is uh, that's that's part of it's part of that rivalry, right? The pettiness, the pettiness has to be fully embraced. Like uh, well, Miaska, Miaska making making mm -hmm. fun of Diego Linus being short, yeah. and now we have yeah, yeah, Rafa all... Marquez uh, uh, trying to kill us at every game. Like there's just one. <laughs> I, I recently rewatched the um, 2002 Dos Acero, the most famous one of all, the one from the World Cup, and Rafa Marquez at the end just freaking. Like high kicks, like he misses. He goes to Kobe Jones. I think he misses punching him, so he kicks him. Like he was just violently trying to tackle that guy. And yeah. I remember when Rafa Marquez played for my New York Red Bulls, one of the worst New York Red Bulls players of all time. <laughs> I, I remember. I think I was there. I think I was there when all he would do is run on the field if he was ever available and just freaking grab people and throw them around. <laughs> just like all he did it's like yo you used to play soccer like at barcelona you didn't do that at barcelona you played soccer uh or football that's know? why he, he that's later that's why his career yeah. lasted as long as it did because it really wasn't about uh it wasn't about athletic skill towards the end of it it was just a, he was just there to be mean and intimidate well i think his last he played till he was old i mean he was yeah. at the 2018 world cup i think right? yeah he yeah off the bench at 39 or something uh, he played for Lyon for years after Red Bulls, and he did much better. Like, literally, the Red Bulls, and when he left, he made fun of the league, just said MLS is this dumb amateur league, bye-bye. Because he was, he, was he was a real piece of work all around. <laughs> so I'm glad, I'm glad to say that uh, 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 this year, USA and Mexico played each other three times, and the United States is 3-0, and oh, the first time since 1937. You remember that? You remember 1937? <laughs> oh, that was the golden years. 1937. Ugh. <laughs> Char a young Charlie Chaplin was uh, making movies. Uh, <laughs> and uh, 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 USA and Mexico were just playing each other three times. The You know, uh, people were going to ye yeah. old Columbus and ye old crew stadium to Nothing. watch that. 
And that's what we, <laughs> us, us Germans were focused on. Nothing else going on. In that's right. In Germany, in Germany, the only thing they were working on is soccer. It was free democracy. The economy was doing great. Everything was perfect. Freedom was lovely. The golden, and, you know, the golden days. The this golden reminds, days. This there was reminds no storm. There's there no looming storm of a, of a great destruction of Central Europe for the next 10 years. <laughs> that was not happening. Oh, no. Was that wasn't 30s. right. This, re, this is... Uh, <laughs> This reminds me when my son first was like, uh, um, uh, he was like four maybe or five. He was supposed to do a diorama in 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 preschool or kindergarten. And he did one about Germany and it was all like, Germany's awesome. Germany has great food and soccer. And I'm like, oh, it's so nice that he has this, you know. And then soon enough, a couple of years later, he's like, dad, what the fuck? World War II? <laughs> I know. I remember when I was a kid. And to be like, wait a minute, what? I had to like learn about. I've learned. Yeah. I'm still learning about. I've learned about. But you know what's? You know what is a little pet peeve though of mine is it's the only part of German history anybody knows. You know, like uh, Germany is in a thousand year old history. It's from the, uh, the 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 Battle of Teutonberg, right? I think is the very first sort of acknowledgement of German peoples or something mm-hmm. like that. And that's from 900 AD is when that happened. Or maybe even before then. I don't know. My German history is a little all over. Because we didn't learn it in school. I had to Google it myself. But anyway, long story short, Germany's got this 1,000-year history. And, like, all any American will ever know about is the five years of the World War II. Because they were involved. Other than that, they have I mean, no idea about any of it. You know. They do stand out, in fairness. So, <laughs> I know. I know. But, like, literally, I was in a 2010 World Cup. I'm at a German restaurant in North Carolina where I was living at the time watching Germany versus Argentina, I believe. And I mentioned something about how, like, yeah, there's a lot of Germans in South America. And one guy is like, yeah, we all know why or whatever. Clearly alluding to the fact that Nazis went there to escape after the war. Which is like, yeah, that's true, but the Germans were there beforehand. That's why they went to escape. Germans just left in the 1800s. They went all over the world to find farmland. South America is no different. So it's, it's not like... So the one fact you know about Germans in Argentina is that Hitler lived there for the rest of his days. <laughs> whatever, whatever conspiracy you want, you want to think. Uh, it's like the reason they, the reason the Germans went there after the war is because Germans have already been there for 100 years. There is a town in Colombia where they only speak German. Did you know that, Bjorn? I did not know that. A town one in Colombia? In Col- uh, yeah, Colombia. Colombia. Yeah, Colombia. It's a special Spanish-German, like their version of Amish. Uh, there are towns in Texas wow, where, okay. where I went to a few months ago called Friedrichsburg, where the Texans still speak Old German, Texas Deutsch. You know, Germans, uh, Germans, uh, uh, like I said, in the 1800s, they left. They just went all over the world and they they planted their seed, which is why which is why there's so many German communities today. It's not really well, related to the Second World War. Presumably, I'm I'm a, I'm should know this more clearly but is wasn't there a isn't there a story that there was a vote about which language was supposed to be the language of, that's a, of that's the US a, that's and, a myth yeah, oh that's myth. Is, that's, that's not actually true okay yeah that's uh that's a th- 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 there was a vote in Pennsylvania once upon a time like 100 years ago but that was just Pennsylvania uh and, and oh, I think okay. that was and it's not really well substantiated because I googled that once it's hard to substantiate that but there there was a lot of Germans here in the US at one point uh, they were banned, right? They were treated like dirty, dirty immigrants, and they mm-hmm. were told that the English were like, "We don't want these Germans here." And ba 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 ba. If I'm not mistaken, there's absolutely no modern day applications to um, relate to that story. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's an isolated incident. It's I just think. one time that happened. Yes, it's just a one time deal to to be potato eaters. To, just uh, the potato, <laughs> just the potato eaters. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. We could talk everybody, Germany a little everybody bit. Everybody else, everybody else was welcome <laughs> at all times. Everybody else is welcome. Just the German, just the Germans were not welcome. <laughs> no, you know, and they always go through that. The Irish had their thing. A lot of Irish, when they showed up, they had to put on Civil War uniforms and go down to Mexico and fight. And that's why there's a lot of redheaded Mexicans. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't see any redheaded Mexicans. Uh, uh, on Friday night. <laughs> on Friday night. At least, no. at least not that I saw. Because we had a hold on, let me get. The, I think I got myself a new drop. Oh no, I did not. <laughs> I did not put it up. I just isolated <laughs> dos acero, but I did not put that up yet. Dos acero. Dos acero. You know what's beautiful about this game? 
And I think for we, we're going to talk Germany stuff, right? We're going to talk a little Germany, a little Germany, Armenia. But maybe we'll save that for later. Do you want to do that now? I think we should no, just, no. Let's Dosa Cero is the is the the uh, the news the news item of the week. And uh, let's talk. I mean, and you you are a genuine. You know, I am a sympathizer. You are a genuine Uzbek national team fan. I would say that Germany Absolutely. is my is my number one team. But so. No, let's go. Would, 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 would big... the United States? Would the United States be your second team, or you just like don't really care? I, I, f- for the for a long time, really didn't care, and right. uh, now I care a little bit. I was excited. I mean, I, I definitely, I was. This is why know... I wanted. This is this is why I was thinking bring a guest host tonight. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> we should get two Americans talking on this. I am a genuine American fan, and so the story goes. When I started watching soccer, it was just Germany. Because the United States didn't have much. This was in the 90s. The U.S. just didn't have much going for it. And I, I also lived overseas at the time. A little about me is I lived I lived in Brazil at the time. So, you know, in Brazil, it's all about Brazil. And then even in, even in Brazil, European football is like secondary. They just didn't care. Mm-hmm. So I was weird because I watched the Champions League and things like that. And, you know, I really like Germany. And the, the 98 squad was my first German squad, which is a terrible squad to be introduced to. Oh, my as God. As far as yeah. German soccer history goes. But I still had Bierhoff and Klinsmann and older Mateus. Thomas Hessler was still hanging on. I loved Hessler, you know. and then But then the the, the O2 Germany was a much better Germany under Rudi Fuller that got a little bit better. And then we had the reboot and stuff. So, but anyway, long story short, the 2002 tournament, I moved back to the United States on July 4th, 2002. Uh, and that was when Brazil won the World Cup. I was living in Brazil at the mm-hmm. time. So Brazil was at a party. It was like, amazing to be in a country when they won the World Cup. The whole country's at the same party. It was so much fun. But the United States had a really good showing. They had a great team. They, I remember that. I remember yeah. watching that USA, getting up early, watching that USA Portugal game. And that 2002 team converted me to be like, yo, I need to start following my boys, the U.S. Mm. And then I moved to the U.S. at the time. And so I forced myself to be an MLS fan because it was the only league on TV. And then that 2002 All-Star game was the MLS All-Star Foreigners versus the, the 2002 team of whoever mm-hmm. they can scrounge up. I think Tony Miola was in goal. And that. So that's essentially the big birth of my American soccer hood. Uh, cut to 2010, I'm watching with my German parents. And my German parents are German soccer fans. It's kind of like you. You know, they're German, so they're German soccer fans. They're, right. they're fine with the U.S. They watch the U.S. They, they sympathize with the U.S., but they're not like diehard U.S. fans or anything. Uh, you know, they like the fact that a lot of the U.S. players play in the Bundesliga, so like, they connect them that way. But, like, anyway, when, when Landon Donovan scored that goal against Algeria at the end, I freaking jumped out of my sofa and went, yes! Like, screaming at my ass. And my, my parents just looked over, because they could have cared less if the U.S. <laughs> made it through the next round or not. So they just looked over, and they're like, wow, you really like this team? <laughs> team don't you or something and that's kind of when i realized i was probably more of a u.s soccer fan than a german mm-hmm. soccer fan you know mm-hmm. not that i'm against germany but germany comes in a very close second to me but as an american who always lived somewhere where people say americans suck and you're not a real soccer country and boo boo that really puts a chip on your shoulder to really right, right, you right. Know, line up and, and root for them you know not only not only am i fending off foreigners i'm also fending off domestics like I can't tell you how many Americans have come up to me and be like, U.S. soccer, don't we suck? That kind of stuff. In addition to Irish <laughs> bartenders being like, you didn't qualify? Ireland would have qualified. Yeah, my ass. Ireland hasn't qualified in years. <laughs> uh, you know, and then and then a bunch of like Romanians will be like, you don't know soccer, only we know soccer. I'm like, oh, yeah, Romanians? Other than George Hadji, what the heck have you ever done? You know, so if, you know, I, I am a proud U.S. soccer fan and I defend it with my heart. All my heart. All right. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's. Uh, um, I I definitely sympathize with that. I think I think U.S. soccer fans, in my experience, often have, you know, a much broader view of of the of world soccer, really, because they are watching, you know, Americans all over the world, and and have have sort of. I mean, honestly, when I was in in Germany, I was watching Bundesliga. That was it. Like, I barely knew anything about uh, about. There's nothing else on countries. TV. Yeah, there's nothing else on TV, you and anything else you would. You yeah, you would yeah. see some teams during, like, you know, the European uh, uh, club competitions before this was before Champions League, and so. Uh, 
um, yeah, my my knowledge. And then you know, every once in a while, a German. They have at some some point they had a bunch of German players in Italy, and but even so, I would not really. Yeah, because it like you're saying, it wasn't really available then on TV, and so I didn't really. But know But that's much. the point. That's the point, though. Like, like when I was in Brazil, it was just Brazil. We there was the Argentinian yeah. league wasn't on TV, and if you're in Argentina, if you're in Argentina, the Brazilian league's not on TV. It's just the, you know, like traditional soccer powerhouses are that way because they have their own culture. You know, yeah, like, like and they're like, oh, thing. everything England, else, same thing. Yeah, it's like who cares? Who cares about England? Who cares about right. you know? But then you have this sort of myopic Mexico. Mexico has that too, which is hilarious because outside of Mexico. No one gives a crap about Mexico. Yeah. You know Liga, what I mean? Mexico, Liga, Mexicans Liga are MX. very proud of themselves. <laughs> Liga MX is not, you know, it's is, uh, uh, the most popular league in, in, in the U.S. But, yeah, in uh, the Americas, I think. Uh, yeah. Or something. Maybe North America, I should say. Shivas and Club America. You know, but the thing is, like, they have that same mentality, but the difference is they have no trophies to prove it. You know what I mean? Perennial underachievers. <laughs> Uh, like if it, when Marco Fabian left Frankfurt and came back to Liga MX, he's like, "Yeah, Liga MX is about as good as as the Bundesliga is." That's what he said, and I was like, "BS!" It's like you're, you're, you're the star of this league. You, you were you were on Eintracht Frankfurt as a squad player in Germany. You're not allowed to come over and be like, "Yeah, it's the same." You're not you're not some Bayern München star. You know what I mean? So it's just very much there's a lot of pride there, but I feel for whatever reason they just could never. Like they didn't really qualify for for the next round games until until the U.S. showed up, you know. Like in the '50s, '60s, and '70s, other than the time they hosted, what have they ever done in the World Cup? You know. My first introduction to the World Cup was 1978, where Mexico was atrocious. They lost to Tunisia, which back then that was a huge deal, losing to an African to an African team. African teams generally back then came to you know, to, to, to collect double digit defeat. So then Tunisia yeah. being me- beating Mexico was a huge thing. And then Germany, uh, a German team that didn't make the semifinals beat Mexico six, nothing in the, <laughs> in the group stage, uh, in 1978. So my introduction to Mexico was, uh, as a, as a, yeah, probably their worst showing in the world cup, but you want to, you want to find it funny. No, go ahead. Yeah. Like I, I my my good friend who works for Volkswagen instead worked for Volkswagen. Volkswagen has a giant factory plant in Puebla, Mexico. The whole city of Puebla is essentially in Mexico, essentially run by Volkswagen. It's like a factory mm-hmm. town, kind of like how Wolfsburg in Germany is Volkswagen. Puebla in Mexico is like the Mexican Wolfsburg. Anyway, he moved there from Brazil. He's a Spaniard, uh, huge Barcelona fan. Was a big Palmeiras fan in in, in Brazil, where I was. I was a Corinthians fan. And he moved to Mexico, and then he would just talk to me all the time about how, like, just what Mexican soccer is like and how it's a big deal over there. But, again, it's just so funny. Outside of Mexico, you never – you have no experience with it. Very big fish in a very small pond. So the only reason I bring that up is because I hope, you know, for Mexico to get better, they have to realize that. It's an issue they've known for years. They have to send more players to Europe. It can't just be Chucky Lozano, Raul Jimenez, and Hector Herrera. You got to have more guys over there, and you can't be comfortable in your own pond. You know that's that was MLS's issue, which is essentially why we failed the 2018 World Cup. Partly was was not enough of our players were were MLS wasn't letting enough of our players go and find explore overseas and get better contracts overseas, and you know it's just. You got to strike that balance in Mexico. If you want that quinto partido, you have to go to Europa. You have to go. You, more of you have to go to Bundesliga, like like your friend Pavel Pardo or Marco Fabian or Carlos Salcedo did in, in with Eintracht Frankfurt. You know, you got to go over there. So that this is my tough love. That's your that's Mexico your prescription. Friend. Your prescription for your rivals. They, they got a fever. And and the only thing that can cure that fever <laughs> is going to Mexico. It's Excuse going me, go to Europe. Leaving Mexico. Europe. Going to Europe. Leaving Mexico. Going to Mexico. Going to Europe. You, know. <laughs> you want to so, talk about anyway, the game? You want to talk about the talk game? Let's talk about the game, bit? baby. Let's talk about the game. I just have to. I just have I to know. air out my grievances as a U.S. fan <laughs> with Mexico. So so this was a big game because in four years, USA, Canada, and Mexico are co-hosts in the World Cup. So there's no more qualifiers. And then in 2030, there's going to be a World Cup every two years. They're both going to have 64 teams or some crap. 
you know, FIFA's preparing to ruin the World Cup. So this is the last World Cup with 32 teams and these kinds of qualifiers. So this game could very well be the end of an era. So you're going to end it right. You play in Ohio during wintertime, and you win 2 nothing. And that's what our boys did last night. Uh, the, the first half, I would say Mexico had two of the better chances. It was Zach pretty... Steffen. Zach Steffen Zach coming Steffen up big. S- stepping up. He is going to play tomorrow against Jamaica, and he played against Mexico, and he was a freaking 10 out of 10, I think. Not only was his distribution excellent, which is why you play him over Matt Turner. His shot stopping was pretty on point, which is yeah. which is the one thing Matt Turner had over him. But last uh, Friday night, Zach Steffen said, "Yeah, I can shot stop too," and that's exactly what he did. That that placement that I believe it was Guardado, no Tecatito, I think, soft placement was going right into the goal, and Zach Steffen didn't see it until very late, mm. slapped it out. Well, I think so people, rec- people are people are get very polarized with this goalie decision, right? And so then they kind of exaggerate people exaggerate for dramatic effect like saying oh matt turner can't distribute the ball which is not true and zach stefan can't stop any shots so i mean you know they both have uh they both have they're both good goalkeepers it's a good problem to have i definitely would have started matt turner if it was me picking the team and and uh, but zach stefan really yeah like you said stepped up played well well, Matt Turner proved himself over the summer. So it's like, well, he did it once. Why change it? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Zach Steffen didn't play either game. He was injured. I mean, he played some of the Nations League final. But if you remember, he was injured. Ethan Horvath came yeah. on. So even Horvath was the hero at the Nations League. Matt Turner was the hero at the Gold Cup. So Zach Steffen, I guess, got himself an opportunity to be hero at the qualifiers. But Zach Steffen didn't really prove himself against Mexico. Uh, uh, so that's why it was an interesting choice. Uh, but he put in the goal and he proved himself. Uh, and he's also getting a start against Jamaica, which to me is also a little interesting because it seems that although there is slight rotation, it's pretty clear that Zach Steffen is still the number one in, uh, under Greg Berhalter's eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if he keeps playing like that, I'm perfectly fine with it. But again, Matt Turner's playing week in and week out with his club, and Zach Steffen is not. So we'll see. We'll see how. We'll see if Zach Steffen can stay warm. But either or. He had a great game. He was probably the best player on the pitch, honestly, if I, if I had to say so myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tim Weah would half, like a word, maybe, but yeah, Tim, Tim Weah would be, uh, I would say, aggressive. The, the 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 how do I say this? The man of the match, like the favorite man of the match. The uh, the overstated man of the match is Tim Weah. Understated man of the match to me would be Tyler Adams because he okay. just proves time and time again how important he is. Him and Weston McKenney are the machine of the train that is the U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, Christian Pulisic's fun, but he and, provides uh, spark. Yeah, I would say Yunus Musa is is, is getting in there into the eighteen-year-old uh, Yunus Musa is proven to be a starter. This is MMA midfield: the McKenney, Musa, uh, Adams. That's our mm-hmm. midfield, and it's working. Three of them work well together. And the funny thing about that is, or not funny, but the great thing about that is, in, in today's modern era, is Gianluca Buzio is great. He's crushing in Italy. I hope we'll get to see him tomorrow against Jamaica because Buzio has, in, in any other era, Buzio could very well be like team captain or something. He is just strong enough to be out there. Uh, uh, Luca De La Torre isn't too shabby either, who, who isn't even called into camp this time. So not only do we have a strong midfield three, we have a pretty strong backup three in um, in Kellen Acosta, John Lacobuzio, and Luca De La Torre. Uh, you know, because I think when Kellen Acosta is focused on his game, he does a pretty dang good defensive midfielder, which he did over the summer against Mexico. Uh, our wingers, excellent depth. Brand, uh, uh, Brandon Aronson had a great solid game like usual. Team, Tim Weah had, could very well have been his best game in a U.S. shirt ever. Uh, yeah, he's last, probably... Uh, Friday night. He's going to have that starting spot, right, over Paul Ariola for the time being. Well, yeah. Well, we have to see what happens when Reyna comes back. I think that's the that's sort of the mm-hmm. when Reyna and Pulisic are healthy. What, what's going to happen with Aaron Sonawea? That's that again. Great problem to have. As we're talking earlier with the goalkeepers, the U.S. men's national team is having all these great problems that we used to never have. You know, we have five right backs. <laughs> you know, Joe Scally still hasn't yeah. played. Uh, we used to not have a left back. We have a couple left back options. 
Uh, we're probably light on the left back. We're a little bit lighter than holding midfielder after Tyler Adams and then Acosta. You really don't have, you know, Christian Roldan. Is Jimmy there, Sands, what are you talking about? Yeah, Jimmy Sands, he's, he's, a, he's a bum that has to spend a little more time in the oven. Uh, his only holding midfield time against Honduras was an absolute travesty. Uh, but, you know, what? he's called You the take camp. that back. That was not a no. travesty. Uh, oh, that I was a travesty? Are you kidding me? Wait a minute. What game am I, am I thinking? Panama? I'm thinking there's one game where he was out there as a holding mid, and it was terrible. He had to get pulled off at the half. It was either Honduras or Pan. I don't remember. What? It was one of the games we're not proud of. He didn't get pulled. You can at forget the half. all you want, my friend. But Jimmy he didn't Sands. get pulled at the half. He played six. He played seven. I know exactly what you're talking about. He had a. He didn't have a great first half. I'll give you that. But a travesty is overstating it. And he came back strong in in uh, for 20 minutes after the half before they took him out. I, I is disagree. this Honduras and or Panama? What are we... This is um, uh, Honduras. Yeah, because uh, we won that game. But not, you know, not not with his help. Anyway, James Sands is in camp, so he's there. He's back. You know, yeah, he they can only get him, better. They called him in. Yep. To to take over a uh, 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 suspended Miles Robinson, uh, you know. So so anyway, our number nine is a little shallow. We got Pepe after Pepe. We don't have much. You know, I'm a I'm a PFOC fan. I think Hoppy's got a lot of potential. There's a potential there. But as far as people that are ready to play number nine right now, it's Ricardo Pepe, and then no one else, to be honest. Uh, so we're a little light on that, but the rest of the positions on the field, including goalkeeper, including center back, right, with James Sands and Chris Richards, I believe my boy Matt Miazga deserves another shot at some point. John Brooks is in great form. Uh, there is, you know, he could have very well have been in this camp. Uh, he'll be in the next camp. Uh, Z- Walker Zimmerman, Zimmerman, Walker Zimmerman is crushing it. He is such a strong center back for us. You make, you know, we're not even missing John Brooks because of him. Uh, so the first half was a little bit like, okay, well, we'll do this. Um, they had a couple chances, but we held the ball, boop, boop, boop. And then second half, we came out running. Uh, I think after maybe one moment or two in the beginning, the rest of the game was all us. And then Christian Pulisic coming off the bench on his first touch, scoring a Clint Dempsey-style goal. A good old rough header placed right past Memo, man in the mirror, Ochoa. Uh, and then a few minutes later, we were very fortuitous. The soccer gods rained upon us this great opportunity for Weston McKinney to score a second goal in to give us that dos acero. We have been longing for a long time. Yeah, that we did was, not uh, get it during last time. That was a little uh, fortunate. We didn't get it over the summer. We didn't get it over the summer. We didn't get it during the last qualifying round. It's been two qualifying rounds since we've had a good dos acero at home, and it's nice to bring that back. And I think it is a representation of, of where this U.S. program is right now. We're sort of back to how strong we used to be, and there's only one way to go, which is up. Up, my friend. How strong uh, you, how, for- you, how strong you used to be? There was, I mean, this is as talented as a... I mean, I don't know, 1937 we were talking about. I don't quite remember. <laughs> but- Bjorn, 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 do you remember? I, I remember I was a little baby. I remember the 1930 World Cup. <laughs> I watched it on. It wasn't 4K. Oh, it was 1080p back then. Yeah, the, the England game, the famed England. No, 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 no. Oh, that was no, 1950. No, no. You're, you're I'm sorry. I'm talking 1930. Do you know where the United States placed in the 1930 World Cup? Trivia uh, for you, my friend. Um, I don't know. Third place. What? Yep. The United States made it to the semis, where they lost to Argentina seven to one. Uh, because in Argentina were the eventual finalists, and the United States beat Yugoslavia three to one in the third place for match. the third place game. Well, there there, there be, was I'll an American darned. soccer player named Bert Patenaud. He is the first ever player to score a World Cup hat trick of all time, and is an American by the name of Bert Patenaud. Did you know that? I did not know that. There was a golden age of American soccer, and it was in the twenties. So, okay, so but if we if we you know kind of discount. Those very far gone times. I mean, this yeah, it was a hundred years ago. Whatever, this is ninety the, years ago. Whatever. This is the most the, the most talented U.S. men's national yeah. team that I can remember. There was a, apparently there was some story. I believe it was either thirty or thirty four, where where like a U.S. player got injured, and then the physio ran on, and then he tripped, and a bottle of ether he had in his bag 
just exploded, like just fell and, cl- and then everyone just passed out. <laughs> everyone near him just passed out oh of the ether God. gas. It happened during one of the games. I wish I could learn. I, I need to Google more about that. But <laughs> it was a fun incident. But anyway, the 1930, and then yeah, 20 years later, the 1950 U.S. team beat England one to nothing. And then many years later, they tied England one to one. So when the English fans are cocky against the U.S. team, it's like we played you twice, we beat you once, you tied once. You could be cocky when you beat us, okay? Okay, English Englishmen, English fans, uh, you know. And if you're telling me England can beat the U.S. now, they can, but we can win too. I think it's you know, I think we got a shot for that. So yeah, the U.S. team is as talented as it's ever been. That's true. However, they're still young. They're still figuring stuff out. Teams of the past, like Bruce Arena's teams, Bob Bradley's teams, they were less talented, but they were more figured out and they were more set in the way they played. You know what I mean? There was a period of time where Dosa Cero was an expectation. And since Klinsman has been coach, uh, that stopped. Mexico regained its dominance, and we slowly have to sort of regain our dominance in the region, which I feel we did this past year, this past six months. So that's what I was getting at with, with that, that whole thing. But anyway, uh, we had two great goals. The McKinney goal was a little fortuitous, but that oh, happens. Yeah. That and happens. then can we talk? Can we talk about the celebration? It was a little bit of a halting. Which one? The McKinney. Weston McKinney. McKinney he does, he does like does this, but it took him a long time to. Yeah, he had he to run the halfway pond. Yeah. Sort of ambling, ambling across the uh, across the field, waving his arms sort of indecisively, yeah. given a lot Expecto- of space. Expecto Patronum. Uh, we need to come. We need to come up with a soccer spell. It should be a Doso Acero or something. It should be like Golo Oscuro or something. Golo Oscuro. That's what it, it does. was. I. I just. I. I. I don't know. It's. I. It struck me as a little halting. This celebration. Wait. And, wait. Uh, every, no, Bjorn. You just don't get it. There's a big party. Everyone's there. Uh, props up to Cincinnati for being a great host. Finally, a pro U.S. crowd. But Honestly, this, McKinney could have spent three more minutes running around the field. I would have been perfectly fine with that. It just seemed – it just didn't – well, all right. Well, after Pulisic mean, scored, him and McKinney did this weird, like, mirroring each other thing. I don't know if you saw that because they, they, they must have pre-planned and rehearsed a mirror. Oh, this man in the That's man the real the celebration. And then apparently at the stadium, they played man in the mirror right when the game ended. Yeah, I heard that, that. yeah. That's right. It's a and well-oiled then, machine. This U.S. men's national team, U.S. soccer is—it's—it's—they're working as a team. It's in unison. Everything is just clicking right now for this it's, team. It's in—it's in—it's in unis Musa. Does that make sense? In unison, unison. Everything is in unison, Musa. All right, everything is in unison, Musa right now. This. Uh, I mean, Musa. He has so many moments we just dribbled through everybody and no one can take the ball from him. He's 18. Ah, I'm a kid in a candy store. These guys are going to get better and better and better. And Yunus Musa's English is going to get better and better too as he, as he spends more time with the U.S. players. You know, Jordan Pifa yeah. could learn the language. You know, it, we're just going to get more. We're just going to go from strength to strength. I'm really excited. Um, and uh, the uh, other things. Uh, yeah, I, th- I would just want to talk about Christian Pulisic for a second. I think he got a little bit, I mean, especially in recent, in recent games, it seemed a little bit like the, um, you know, the team was almost better off without him. Like, especially in this qualifying cycle, he seemed to sort of over dribble a little bit and, and, uh, um, yeah. So it was just a great performance. Be- better off without him. him. Better I off mean, without him. There was some... <laughs> I mean, you could make the point. What was the last game he started before his injury? I think it was. Was it the Honduras game where he had to come off? It was. Where he got uh, injured. That's right. And yeah, uh, he d- he did not have he did not have a good first half in that game. He was just sort of trying to take everybody on by himself. And yeah, you know, Reina, him and Reina did that. But that could be. I mean, honestly, that Pulisic and Reina have a thing. They take on players one to two, and then maybe three, and then they go on to player four and five, and four and five always clobber them, take the ball, and then they lose it. Yeah, it happened with both those guys. Now I don't know if that's because Bearhalter isn't giving them enough of a game plan up top, 
because at the same time, Pulisic would be like, we need new ideas and blah, 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 blah. You know, oh, that was gotta, very disconcerting, but I don't know if that's the player or the coach or a combo. Of it's got to all be, it's got to all be Greg's fault. I'm sorry. That's right. Well, no, it doesn't got to be Greg, but I'm saying, yeah, that's bad. Like t- the reason Tim Way had such a great game, because him and Bearhalter sat down and looked at video game footage for hours. Excuse me, a game footage, not, not video game footage. There's a game footage for hours. And Greg Bearhalter was like, this is what you do that's good. This is what you do that's bad. They got pinpoint on what made him effective. And he was like that on overdrive today, you know. And that's Greg Bearhalter. You, you know, you don't, you don't just throw players out there. You throw them out there and you lean into their strengths. So, you know. There, well, there is a room for Pulisic and Reyna. Maybe we haven't quite figured it out yet. No, for uh, sure. Uh, there's room for him. I was going to say, what I was going to say is that he, I mean, it was just impressive the way he came off the bench and put himself in the position that Pepe was supposed to be in, really, for that header. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Taylor Twelman said this on the on the broadcast, which I didn't realize. He is the, the, the he has scored more goals than anyone in CONCACAF over the last uh, uh, however many uh, however oh, many really? years since his since his arrival, yeah, he has eleven goals in qualifying in, in games that matter, you know, qualifying and Gold Cup, etc. Yeah. And uh, so this was my my little you know Christian Pulisic appreciation moment. Yeah, Pulisic's the real deal. If he never came off that bench, that game might have ended zero zero. It's possible. It had yeah. that kind of feeling, don't you think? I mean, he there was that spark. He could finish. Pepe was having kind of a rough game. Pepe is a great finisher in the box. And there was one moment maybe you should have done better on. But other than that, he really needs to develop more. Like when he's out on that field, going in deep, getting the ball, he struggles. He fails doing that. Pepe succeeds when he's in the box, he positions well, and he can finish. And they had his number. They freaking crowded Pepe. Pepe wasn't given an inch today. So it it needed the quality of Pulisic to finally break through. Pulisic came off the bench and provided that quality to, you know, Brendan Aronson, as great as he is, Brendan Aronson doesn't run in the box and do headers like that. You know, Pulisic did that. It was a very Clint Dempsey-esque, you know, shadow forward, run in the box, critical sniper finish type move that he pulled off. And Pulisic can do that. Our other wingers, maybe not so much. Um, So, you know, I, I think when Pulisic is healthy, he should be our starting winger, definitely. But that's a whole other story, how long he can stay healthy, you know. I imagine tomorrow yeah. he'll probably come off the bench again. I don't know if he'll start. I would be surprised oh, if he starts. Yeah. And if he starts, he'd only do 60 minutes or so. He probably then, then he wouldn't do a full 90. Thomas Tuchel would get mad. Not that we care, but you know, <laughs> Thomas Tuchel we, wants his Thomas, minutes as limited as possible. He, he wants, yeah, he wants his boy to be protected. I mean, the... the um, this was a big win, also just in terms of math, because of this the 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 way um, Panama came back in their game. It's still very tight, and if if the U.S. you know U.S. is now fourteen, right, and and uh, so they have a three They're tied at top with a plus two. I think but it's really, plus seven, what, plus five goal difference. What yeah, matters Panama is a crazy the, comeback. Yeah, crazy comeback for Panama. And what matters is the diff- is is the the distance to the fourth to fourth place, right? Because the first three places qualify. So, and well, right now that's still only three cra- points. The crazy thing that's going to happen is Mexico is going to lose to Canada up in Edmonton. When Mexico loses to Canada tomorrow or whenever they play, and uh, I think maybe Panama will win. There's a good chance that Mexico will be tied for fourth place. And um, uh, Tata Martino will be coaching FC Cincinnati, Cincinnati next season. Hey, I would love that. The FC Cincinnati needs some sort of turnaround, <laughs> and I think that's a great – he's like, I'm sick and tired of coming to the stadium and losing. I need to win this time. Uh, pardon me as I pour myself well, some water. He... And I, I don't think they're going to get rid of him. He's too expensive. But, you know, it's not looking good for Tata if, if they finish – you know, if they're at fourth place this week, they struggle. The Mexicans struggle in the cold. And that's the reason we do our game in Ohio during the wintertime. And the Canadians are like, oh, yeah, Ohio in November. Hold my beer. Welcome to Edmonton in November. You know what I mean? I <laughs> yeah, mean, Edmonton, you, you saw not only is that stadium too small, it was very thin. It was almost like they were playing at Yankee Stadium. If you saw the game, we saw the highlights. It was a very thin field. Uh, but cold. The, the, the Mexican team is not uh, 
They're going to wear two long sleeve shirts. They're not going to want to come out of their dressing room. I think it's going to be a frosty 1-0 win for Canada. And I think Mexico will have a rough go at it this time around. They'll be fine. You know, they'll, they'll get their points later and so forth. But the road against the U.S. and the road against Canada are two tough games that I don't think they were ready for. The other sad thing about Mexico is they just seem a little aged, as young as the U.S. is. Yeah. Mexico's got the same old players, and they're just not playing with the same old passion, you know. A little bit long in the tooth, that squad. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Want to talk a little Germany? World Cup? World Cup? I mean, not a lot, not really a whole lot to say about it. Germany already qualified, played Liechtenstein, and that game was yeah, kind of over. Little. That game was over before it began. Liechtenstein had a player sent off 10 minutes in, and then the the floodgates. Crazy kick to the neck. Yeah. Uh, I I, I missed it. I I started watching like 10 minutes in, and then I just saw Goretzka with a crazy – he just had blood all over his neck. I'm like, what the heck happened? And I saw the replay. Dirty, 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 dirty. I mean, it was a mistake of a tackle, I guess. Yeah, it looked like freaking clumsy Straight to his neck. Clumsy more than intentional, but yeah. No, it was, and then it was kind of disappointing. It looked like, for a moment, it looked like Gundogan alone was going to score a half dozen goals, and everybody was going to get that, get some. But then there was a lot of kind of, I mean, it's it's you don't often say that a nine zero result is flattering for a team, but it's I think Liechtenstein got a little lucky. Could have got well, that's a, lot, a bigger a lot worse that's a bigger that. that's a bigger issue. Europe has San Marino, Liechtenstein, Faroe Islands. All these micro nations that go up against Germany, Italy, and France. It's like in the United States, we don't do that. We have what's called a pre qualifier. So Guyana and all these guys, like Guyana, can't they? They can't feel a professional team. They're all dock workers that play soccer on the weekends. And Liechtenstein's the same thing. Little history lesson. Germany and Liechtenstein are in the group all the time. It's always Germany beat up. Liechtenstein yeah, it's happened time. frequently. Yeah, it happens all the time. I remember years ago. In the first game I watched, it was like eight to two, and that was bad Germany. It was like nineteen ninety nine's Germany. That was like a bad German squad being them eight to two. Liechtenstein is a tiny micro nation, quote unquote, but it's like Swiss territory. I think I should probably have googled the history ahead of time. It was a gift to German royalty, a guy named Liechtenstein, Baron von Liechtenstein, or something like that. As a gift, they gave him this castle and this land. And he is like, great thing. He never visited it. He never, Liechtenstein never, ever, ever went to Liechtenstein. He died never having visited his, his gift. Um, the so irony. that whole area, the irony, typical old European royalty, those crazy hounds. But um, so that, there's small Swiss territory. I, th- I think within Liechtenstein, the city's called Vaduz, right? And there's a club called FC Vaduz, which competes in the Swiss league system. I think they're even a second division Swiss club, I think. Maybe even a third division Swiss club. But that club, which is the equivalent of like a Brooklyn, like semi-pro, like after-school amateur club. Does not is, employ is any, what, any Liechtensteiners. Exactly. Well, they that, that that's what they're pulling from. They're pulling from that one semi-pro club. And that's what makes the Liechtensteiner national team. Do you think it's fair for them to play... A, Four-time world champions, Germany, every freaking two years. Well, I think that like poor those poor guys. The no, I I agree with you, and and I think the the Nations League right is an attempt to address this. These the the Nations League has these different different tiers and promotion and relegation between them, and so then the the Liechtenstein's mm-hmm. and the San Marinos and the Luxembourgs and the Faroe Islands can sort of uh, uh, hang you out. Know, yeah. Can can crown the king of the the king of the minions in the in the <laughs> in the, in the t- tier four of of the nations league. So yeah, I think I think that is a problem, and it's also you know like Germany then beat went on to beat uh, Armenia four to one in the four second game, and and then kind of you know the headline I saw afterwards, Hansi Flick is saying we're back now that <laughs> after this after this year in twenty twenty one, and really. Are we back? We'll see. I don't know. I know it's it's not until yeah. you don't know. You know the the Armenia and uh, and Liechtenstein are not the are not the benchmarks of whether or not we're back. And so, but we don't. We really won't know yeah. until the World Cup, and and probably even then, depending on what the draw is, we won't know until but, uh, perhaps you know, the later you know, rounds. And 
because Germany really has a history of this, right? The German national team oh, yeah. of being being, I guess, some sort of flat track bully of like we beat up the the little guys in in, in qualification, and then well, it's not their fault. They're 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 thrown in. Like your the European qualification was ten groups this year, groups of five. I just looked through it, and it was every group was like one giant, one decent, and then a bunch of minnows. And yeah. I'm like, you're not allowed to sit there and say how much hard Europe is to qualify from. I, I here's here's a here's a little bit of a theoretical for you. I looked okay. at each and every single one of those groups, and I think the United States could qualify out of each of those groups, not necessarily as winner, but in a playoff spot. I think so. I think so. In, in the Germany group, who would have challenged? It's the Germany group is Germany, Armenia, Liechtenstein, Iceland. North Macedonia, uh, and I think that's it, right? Is there someone else? Uh, did you say Romania? Up. Did you say Romania? I did not. I did not say Romania. And Romania, right? That's yeah. the group. Are you telling me the United States does not have the quality to finish second in that group? I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but they can. They can, yeah, they can they challenge. Maybe I mean, this Romania, also you know? this 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 is not the. Uh, yeah, this is pr- one of the weaker groups. Also, when you take if you take Germany away, I think a North Macedonia are similar though. I think North North Macedonia North Macedonia is a little bigger is a little better than maybe their name yeah, they're, they're <laughs> their name they're, sort well, of suggests no, and and North Iceland, and Iceland is Euros. a little Iceland is a little Iceland, worse than they were a couple of years ago. Under, they were underachievers, right? Uh, but still, Iceland like the United States can still beat Iceland. The Iceland that made it to the Euro 2016 round of 16, that was a good team. But the United States still has the quality to defeat that team. They were just on a good run and a good summer, you know. Um, and after all, we've got our own Iceman, Aaron Johansson, to, to set us straight. <laughs> but all, all I'm saying is, like, it's cool oh they played. Aaron Johansson. The Aaron Johansson. That's, that's becoming, like, a weekly thing, the, the Aaron who Johansson just signed, reference. Who, ju- who just signed with a club in Iceland. So he's back, baby. He's mm. playing the Iceman's back in Iceland. But all I'm saying is now the qualification is essentially over for all of them. Uh, Serbia defeated Portugal. That was a surprise. A huge said, surprise. Swiss, yeah, on the, the road. Swiss. Yeah. Well, no, but the Serbians and North Macedonians, Yugoslavia is a soccer. They're good at soccer over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Serbia, Croatia, Slovenia. North Macedonia, none of them are pushovers. Do you know? Do yeah, you know okay, but you, would, you, have, you wouldn't have put you wouldn't have put a lot of money on on Serbia winning on the road in port against Portugal to take first place. No, no, but no, but it doesn't surprise me that much. I mean, do you remember the Yugoslavia teams of the nineties? That was a great team. There's great players from there. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, <laughs> other guys. What? You know. <laughs> Ibrahimovic is a Serb is a Serb refugee. Right? He's got it in his heart. He's got it in his heart. I'm telling you, the talent is there. The North American Soccer League back in the day was all the Americans were just old escaped Yugoslavians that got a passport. All right, they're talented players. <laughs> okay. Right? Well, talented players. All right. Um... But I, either or Germany beat nine nothing four one. Hansi Flick is the first German coach in history to win six of his first games, I believe. So technically, is on a very great record. But you're right. Uh, uh, I remember back when I rooted for Germany in the nineties and the aughts and blah blah blah. Germany had, I think it was six, seven, eight years. Germany had never beaten like a a, 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 a world power. You know what I mean? Do you remember that? Yeah. Like the first world power they beat was they finally beat Argentina in the 06 World Cup on penalties. But up until that point, they never really beat any other world powers. They kept tying or losing them. So, you know, we still haven't seen them play against a France or an England or uh, or a Switzerland, which won the group over Italy, or the mighty Serbia. You know, when Germany can beat Serbia, we know we're in good shape. Serbia is the new. <laughs> it's the new. Well, they, the new litmus, they lost the new a, litmus test. They lost to North Macedonia. Lest we forget. Lost. Yeah, yeah, that was that was still under Yogi. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yogi. And. Uh, um, um, yeah. No. It's. Uh, it's. We we won't know. We won't know until until next year, at this World Cup. What are they going to do for the next year? Do they have another Nations League? Friendly is lined up. Germany has twelve months till the World Cup starts. What are they going to do? Yeah, I think the I think the Nations League starts. 
right? Because they have to start qualifying because they can't start... Usually they would start qualifying in the fall for the Euro. So... Uh, so they have to start before that. So there's Nations League and yeah, there's other stuff. No worries. Yeah, I... There is always <laughs> going to be more foosball. Yeah, they're going to play. They're going to play uh, Austria over and over and over again. You know. Uh... <laughs> you want to talk for you? You want to talk about this whole COVID situation? That was well, a, bit of a, a bit of a pre-Liechtenstein kerfuffle. I mean, obviously because these games didn't really matter because Germany was already qualified. This wasn't as big a deal as it could have been, but Joshua was tested positive, and then Kimmich is not vaxxed, and they're not releasing the names of the other players that had to isolate. I think there is a little bit of a... I think multiple players are unvaxxed, and they're trying to keep it quiet. I thought it was... The way I read it was that because Kimmich... There's categories of risk, right? This is Germany, obviously. So there's documents and uh, very, very categories and rules. And and so and the papers. fact, the way I understood it, not to get too much into the weeds here, the way I understood it is the fact that Kimmich is not vaccinated made the his closer contacts higher risks because of that. So, so Kimmich not being vaccinated made it, necessary for five players to quarantine and not be part of this when if, if when otherwise it would have just been him and uh, so there was some talk as to if during this world cup maybe only if you are vaccinated or have recovered from covid can you be on the squad that's something to be discussed and so that would i'm fine with Kim- that that would well, leave here, Kimmich here. out potentially and he gets well, to he hang just in- needs to go he just needs to go get a shot. He said he, he he said he'll get a shot. He just doesn't want to, but if he's forced to, I'm sure he will. But the, the here in the United States, and I'm sure in a lot of other places, there's like it's done privately. Where I work, we have to hand in our vax card, um, mm-hmm. and there's a huge push for everyone to be vaccinated, and it's done privately because it's within their rights as a private company to do something like that. So for the German national team or for, for for FIFA, you know the government can force them to do it. But the confederations can, you know, I don't see, I don't see why the federations can't, you know, to so be like, if you want to play for the national team, we have a policy, you got to get vaxxed, you know, you it'd be shot. like saying, you know, all right, everybody uh, it's flu season, go get your flu shot. And if you don't get your flu shot, you can't play. You know, I don't see the big deal with that. Just go get your flu shot. Go get your go vaccine get. shot. Well, I mean, um, people say people get very worked up about vaccine mandates. Right? If you have uh, if you have children in public school or pre preschool in New York City, you are subject to all sorts of vaccination mandates. So this is not for me. Yeah. This is not a new thing. And same in Germany, actually. You have to. It's it's uh, if you want to go to school, you have to get certain certain. So this is. Some people are surprised by this whole idea and for if other you want to travel yeah if you want to go to say brazil and live there for five years like i did you have, you have to, to have six shots, different yeah. shots and you have to have a shot card a munition card so so if you want to go to say i don't know the middle east you probably have to get vaccinated you probably have to have some sort of vax package of things that only exist in the middle east god knows what it is you know like you have to get <laughs> oh if, if you go to south america you have to get shot for yellow fever man that's just how that works that's how you it know, is uh, yeah why not? <laughs> what I what I when I just when I sort of read about this and dug into it, what I thought was interesting compared to to the U.S. is that in uh, uh, in Germany they're very much you know if 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 you are recovered from COVID, it sort of counts as much as being vaccinated in certain ways because you have these antibodies and uh, uh, which by by certain uh, uh, studies are more powerful than the vaccine. So I that was, I thought that was interesting. So in Germany, it's geimpft. The mystery. Is it so that when you are formally recovered of the thing that is stronger than a vaccine? Who knows? Next on Unsolved <laughs> Mysteries. So well, sometimes you- when I don't play a drop, it's like, it's drop time. <laughs> yeah, I, in Brazil, part. I keep invoking Brazil a lot. But in Brazil, there is a resort that you can only go to if you are a recoverer of COVID. Mm-hmm. If you've had COVID, you can go to this resort because, according to them, you're then technically immune, which certain research, like especially in Korea, has debunked. However, oh, really? Okay. Depend- 
Oh, it's, it was debunked months ago. People get COVID twice. Plenty of people have gotten COVID right, twice. right, 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 right. But but also, so, but people with the vaccine also get COVID. Some that's true. Some. Nicholas Zula was vaccinated and he tested positive, and he had it a year ago. He had it previously. He is that's just the, the COVID magnet. He's a COVID magnet. He's out partying all the time. Uh, you know, I also so <laughs> oh, you know so. Bless you. You got a little COVID going on over there? What do you got? I have, no, no. I just got to had the sniffles. It's not the virus. Okay, just the sniffles. It's not the virus. Uh, there was, I was listening to, uh, well, this is actually a decent segue. I was listening Thank into you. a press conference and there was someone just coughing in the background over and over again. If I were in that room, I'd be like, dude, that guy needs to get out of the room. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, you know how usually there's like a coughing. But if someone coughs over and over again in today's day, that person needs to get out of the room and he needs to go isolate a little bit. Not not maybe he just has a cough or whatever, but you can't be too careful these days, you know. You would uh, be that guy. Speaking you... of which Okay. No. No, I've been I've been there. I was <laughs> when I was in Vegas like six months ago. I took the bus that goes up and down the strip, and there was a guy on the upper deck coughing up a lung. And this was before the vaccine. And sure enough, each and every single one of us left and went downstairs. Uh, he should have been kicked off the bus, but he was not. He could have been acting to get the whole thing by himself. God uh, knows I've yeah, done a little that'll, acting that'll in, in New York. I've done a little cough, cough to get my own private space. I have done that. Really? Uh, yes, it's a great, great technique. Uh, wow, if, if say you live with someone and he's very antsy about it and really, really, and you really don't like him, just cough out along every time he wants to come up to you and you'll never see him ever again. So it's a fun tip. Uh, you know, that is, for that, me, I feel, that is a, an insight into the, into the depths of your psyche. You know, I'm uh, the master, butcher master. <laughs> yeah. Just the psyche of a butcher master. <laughs> anyway, uh, I would love to. So the only other thing. Germany is good to go. We got to see how they play against big teams, but they're in good shape, I think. Yeah. Uh, USA versus Jamaica tomorrow will be very interesting because USA does have a hangover effect sometimes. Jamaica's got got Leon Bailey and Michael Antonio. Antonio scored his first goal for Jamaica a couple days ago. You know, they've got some firepower. Uh, it's in Jamaica. So overall, it'll be a fun game. And also, I visited a soda emporium here in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And I picked up a recommended soda called Ting. Oh, Ting, yeah. Sparkling grapefruit. I, have you ever heard of it? I, I never I heard have, of this before. I have heard of it. It's a Yeah, I know I have heard of it. And it's a Jamaican soda. It's and a it's, Jamaican now, soda. And it's interesting you bring it up because I recently, in my old age, discovered that I really enjoy grapefruit juice, which I had never. Interesting. Which I I'm never had. Guy. Yeah. I used to not be either, and now I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of enjoying it. So maybe I will try some ting for this game. Well, also ting. as more of a as more of a neutral anyway, I can probably uh, could benefit. No, I'm going to drink ting. I love ting. Uh, it's a Jamaican soda. It tastes kind of like Fanta. I went out to buy Fanta, German Fanta, which mm. I did find at World Market. Uh, I also got some Niederecke Marzipan, uh, which is some of my favorite. Always good for the holidays. And I got this Jamaican soda just because it was well-recommended. And Ting could very well be my new favorite soda. So just a little sidestep. Oh, you're Jamaica. liking it. Oh, I'm loving it. And I don't love grapefruit, Great. but there is an overwhelming grapefruit taste. It, it, it kind of just tastes like Fanta, but like almost a better Fanta with pulp. Uh, the other the last thing I want to touch on, yeah, get yourself some Ting. On the side of the bottle, it says, it's a Jamaican Ting. So... You know they love they got they got uh, uh, jokes on the bottle. I'm all big fan about that as long as you write jokes. But anyway, I would love to maybe touch on MLS real quick before we leave. Is that okay? The playoffs. Have, the playoffs are I, upon us, coming at the before worst. the playoffs. Before what? the playoffs, I just want to play this. Oh, you guys all need to listen a little differently uh, than maybe you have in the past, and hopefully that you're going to be incredibly, incredibly exact with what I'm saying in what you write, okay? Congratulations to, to Salt Lake, but what is incredibly disappointing, what is, is of every single person that is associated to our club and to all the clubs that are competing because this result affects them as well. 
And so Salt Lake gets in, LA gets knocked out. LA is now sitting on the outside because of the call as well. And that is incredibly, incredibly unprofessional. The fact that you have VAR, the fact that you have replays, the fact that you sit upstairs and you look at replays and you have all the time in the world to make that decision. He could have he went a couple times because the ball didn't even go out of bounds. He could have blew the whistle at any time. But VAR not coming back and talking about a clear and obvious mistake that that's not a handball. If that is the case, if that's what they believe, then and I am, I'm never I'm never one to ever ask for anybody's job or anything, then I would say that all of those guys are not able to referee, to, to look at VAR, to do whatever at this level. It has impacted everything. It is, it is the black mark on this league. It is an example of why we lose so many people to watch this game year in and year out, game in and game out, because <laughs> we, we do not get it right. It's what I appreciate about the NFL. All right, I think that I it was just oh, a that was it? He goes on like that for no. He it's a sixteen minute tirade. Wow, I just couldn't play all sixteen minutes. Burn he it all on, down, he says. He Peter talks Vermees about travesty. Burn it, burn it all down. So that right there is Peter Vermees talking about the missed handball call by one Ted Uncle, a referee that us New York Red Bulls fans despise because he's always picked for a red card. Oh, I and don't Peter like Vermees just. Yeah, he's a terrible ref. And it, Peter Vermees just goes out and says, I'm not one to get people fired, but that guy should never referee an MLS <laughs> So he's pulling shots. And he's right, by the way. It was a big handball call last week, blown. And if called, could have been an equalizer. And LA Galaxy could have been in the playoffs. And essentially, it was a blown call that futzed around with this whole playoff nonsense in the first place. So I just wanted to play that off. You know, Peter Vermees was fined today because he's not allowed to. The league, you know, like North Korea, you're not allowed to speak badly against it, no matter how imperfect it is, you know. Pro released a statement apologizing, saying that, you know, our bad or whatever, which is nice of them to do, but at the end of the day, what's the deal? Like, you've got cameras, you've got the VARF. Like, why are you missing calls like that? Come on now. Come yeah, on if now. You're, if you're like the, Peter Vermees. If you're the like LA Peter Galaxy. Says, if you're the LA Galaxy, you got to be upset. If this is costing oh, you, if this is costing you your playoff spot, it's pretty it's pretty upsetting. I mean, I would sue. I would sue the referee in court. I, would, <laughs> I, would, I think I, I think that would be hilarious. It's about there's got to be some there's got to be some kind of uh, legal no. protection that they have against <laughs> no, no, that no. kind of thing. I don't think that no, would happen. No, no. But uh, I would sue him in court. I would sue Ted Uncle in court personally. I would say the playoffs cost us an extra million dollars in revenue. You owe us a million dollars. I mean, I think, I think, I think there's two, there's two sides to, you know, like people complain about the referees everywhere you go in any country, any league. And, uh, so that's particularly uh, bad here. (laughs) I know, but they're particularly (laughs) bad here in, in Brazil, which I invoke constantly, a bunch of dudes ran on the field (laughs) at a Grêmio match and, and ripped the VAR machine apart. They like kicked it over. Because VAR recalled a goal and they ran on the field, ripped, kicked the machine over, threw it aside, and just fucking and bashed it with some beer. And I'm just like, I love that kind of passion. <laughs> I love that kind of passion. So yeah, there's bad refereeing everywhere, uh, but you know that I, they could get better. MLS refs have been the same crappy refs they've been for years. You're telling me there's no better generation of refs somewhere? coming up why does that have to be the same crusty five failures over and over again i think there's a range actually there are some i think some are better than others i think they're getting younger there are some younger ones that are good but yeah ted uncle alan chapman has got to go alan chapman right. ted uncle they can go you know, I Mike, Mike Kelly, the, the guy the guy who, who who was the guy who who called eight minutes of of stoppage time in the hudson river hudson know. river derby that was, in, that was insanity yeah, no, I mean, you I know, have the, the Irish guy stars. is good. The guy who used to run it, then became a ref, Mike Kelly or whatever his name is. I forgot his name. Uh, you know, there are some good refs in there. You know, Howard Webb is a very good ref. So for him to run the the whole pro, pro? Ref is a good pro. Thing. Yeah, run pro, 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 pro. Professional. And Howard Webb, Howard, Howard, you know, Charles, you know who's a better Charles ref Webb. is how Howard Webb's wife is a better ref. You know who Howard Webb's wife is? No, I was going to say is that there, about. 
Ooh. German ref, the German female ref. Oh, interesting. BB. I forgot her name. BB. Oh Newark. yeah, okay. <laughs> I forgot her name. <laughs> she uh, well, she, Ted Uncle's Ted Uncle's wife, Christina, also is a is a is a good ref of her own right. Oh really? So uh, who's Ted Uncle's wife? Christina Uncle. She was uh, during the Women's World Cup. She was hired as a as a consultant for Fox, and so she was commenting on referee decisions. And she, I enjoyed her. I thought she was. Um, who's your uncle? I liked Christina her more than uncle. her. I liked her more than her husband. <laughs> no. Anyway. Her husband. Yeah. More Playoffs. lady refs, by the way. I'm a big fan of that. There was a lady ref at one of the MLS games. I think men probably mm-hmm. behave a little better. Hopefully. I think, think uh, I think I would take Christina over Ted any day. Any as day. As a ref. Any as a ref. So um, hashtag yeah. more lady refs. We're out of time. Uh, yes. Playoffs are playoffs are coming up. New York NYCFC has all sorts of injuries. Keaton Parks is a blood clot. Terrible. Blood Alex. Clot? Yeah, he just got surgery. No, no, it seems like he's going to make a full recovery, but not in time for any games this year. Alex Collins left a Peru game with with some muscular problems, so we are having all kinds of injury issues at a terrible time. And and Zalalem or whatever Zalalem, Gideon Zalalem, who replaces Keaton Parks, he's suspended, right, for the game. Yeah, he got he got a red card, so he's also out. So we're very thin in the midfield, and yeah, we'll see what happens. But anyway, that's on Sunday. You're 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 not you're not uh, you you think Atlanta's going to nab it or what? I mean, I'm not going to bet against us, but I'm definitely worried. I'm not uh, I'm not going into this with any kind of. certainty whatsoever i think this could certainly go wrong in, well atlanta doesn't seem to have too many atlanta doesn't have too many injury problems i don't think we'll see after the qualifiers new york red bulls are doing great because none of their players play for any sort of national team so they're doing fine <laughs> uh, that's not true we have a couple i think caceres is down with venezuela and and we have caden clark with the u20s uh and us u20 plays mexico u20 tomorrow believe it or not there's another USA Mexico game featuring Kanan Clark, who crushed it uh, against their 2 0 victory over Colombia. Uh, you know, so there are, you know, I'm just hoping they stay healthy and they come back and ready to go for the playoffs next weekend. Uh, our predictions in the last week's broadcast, I still commit to them. And then uh, next week at our next broadcast, we will do a review. And we will see how good our predictions were and check out all the craziness in MLS playoff action. Anything else from you, Bjorn? Uh, that's it. I think uh, I think we've done it. Hour, hour and seven minutes. Very good. Good work. Dos acero. Dos acero. Dos. Zwei, null. Acero. Zwei, Zwei. Null. Null.